0: Alexander Petri. P- Damn, I got, yeah, I got it wrong! I, was, oh, you, it was, I got it wrong. It's, you got through all <laughs> the... you got all the way up to yeah, this. Yeah, no, you were... It's Alexander Petri Yeah. Petrie. All right, I have to say it right once. I'm going to get it, I swear. I believe in you.
1: Whenever my world falls apart, I never lose hope
2: or lose heart. Whatever the form of the storm that may brew, not with you to lean on, darlings, you.
0: Hello and welcome to The Original Cast, a podcast about original cast albums and the people who love them. I'm Patrick Flynn. My guest today is a multi-hyphenate, and I'm not going to try to get them all, but I'm going to say playwright, journalist, columnist, journalist, humorist, it's a lot of ists, and the mind behind Emo Kylo Ren. It's Alexandra Petri. everybody. yeah. How are you? I'm great. You're good. I just got back from the dentist. You did. Yeah. Dental
1: health is important. It really is. it's good.
0: We promote that on this podcast. Yeah. Good dental health. Good vocal health. And thank you for coming to my house. And you are here to talk about... Camelot.
2: Camelot. I know it sounds a bit bizarre. But in Camelot. Camelot. That's how conditions are. The rain may never fall till after sundown. By eight, the morning fog must disappear. In short, there's simply not a more congenial spot for happily ever aftering than here in
1: Camelot.
0: Oh, good! Yeah. She sang it. I like that. It is- the
1: yeah, but also Camelot. Camelot,
0: right. Like <laughs> legit Camelot. Camelot. Yes, Camelot. We we're we're plowing through the Learner and Low catalogue here, and that's so funny to me. But how did Camelot come into your life?
1: Oh man. I it was one of the first musicals I had ever. Mm-hmm. Uh like Hello Dolly definitely like I had like a tape on audio cassette with Camelot on it. Oh okay. It. So sure. yeah, both sides. Deep. And yeah, I I had like it was funny, I had a little, like, cassette player, but I didn't have headphones to go with it, so I was just, like, subjecting everyone around me to my musical taste, which is why I think my parents made me listen to so much, like, young Beethoven and, like, his story sure, and, like, right. the magic ring and, yeah, the magic <laughs> flute and young Mozart and all this stuff. There's one about, like, Felix Mendelssohn started off with a. Felix was a happy little child. And I, yeah. Anyway, oh my gosh, so. I
0: think my wife had those. Tapes right? I think I just digitized a bunch of that stuff for her.
1: And the one about like Dvorak sounds like it's in a wind tunnel and you're like, who recorded this? What happened? But <laughs> yeah, no. So a lot of Camelot action. And also I saw the one with Richard Harris mm-hmm. and uh, Vanessa Redgrave. Right. That was an early uh, musicals on television experience, which was fun and exciting. Sure. Um. No, yeah, so for decades now I've been living with this delightful <laughs> musical. And one of the, like, chief delusions of my life is that it's possible to, like, produce Camelot in such a way that people will understand that it's a good musical. And I feel like I, well, I mean, I'm I not sure that it's a good musical is also well, that's a, a, good question. a deep underlying and question. We will
0: we will definitely talk about that. The Yeah, because it, it, it's one of those, it's a funny show, reputation-wise, because I don't really know what its reputation is. is exactly yeah. <laughs> it's not held in any particular esteem that i like in the sort of my fair lady strata yeah, no one's like this is a low.
1: classic we gotta make... but except it
0: is like yeah it, it is like a and it's but it's also not like sticking with learner and low it's not like brigadoon where it's constantly a butt of a joke right. or like somebody's doing brigadoon or like yeah, a bit, that's like... a bit like it is it's camelot it just sort of is what it is and I didn't realize how popular it was until it was in town. Was that last year, or the year before? Yeah,
1: I, la- I think last and it, year. Like
0: broke the box office records at, the- at Shakespeare Company. Wow. It like it like cleaned out this like Camelot for credit. Yeah.
1: No, people Totally, secretly people want to see show. Camelot. Right. people
0: want to see camelot no the
1: funny thing is i didn't see that show even though i bought tickets <laughs> i was like i ran i got tickets and instead i sent my husband who like a like doesn't like musicals that much to begin with and b well, this is a and musical now he hates camelot like he's like you know i've seen some shows and like I, he just loves camelot. Not... And so now which is sort of I'm not sure if it was in my interest or not in my interest because now I can't listen to it without him being right. like, oh, Camelot. <laughs> so.
0: It is a capital M musical. Yeah. One of the things, I, I hadn't listened to it in years. I've seen the movie with Richard Harris, um, but had not listened to it in years. And listening to it again, I was really just like, yeah, this is, this is a musical. Like, oh, yeah. We got a, we got a charm song
1: and it's kind of about just how we used to do crimes.
0: And it's so funny that also like reviewing the history of its production which was troubled to sort of say the least.
1: Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it,
0: it, it like the first preview of it was four, over four hours long, which I would also is like chess. Which love is love to have seen. Tar- yes.
1: that failed. Camel
0: I don't eye know pen. how it's not though. Like, yeah, there's so much plot. In this show, yeah. and so little of the plot is in the songs. Like that's the,
1: really true. Yeah. It,
0: the cast album is a is a breezy fifty like fifty-five, fifty-six minutes. Yeah. It just flows right through. But you think, like reading the plot synopsis, like between these two songs about love, you have a jousting tournament, or you have a full-scale battle, or you have like people run away and come back, or you have it's just there's so much book, I assume, yeah. to this musical. And then
1: you see it, you're like, there wasn't that much Was book. Was there not? And I'm okay. Sort of confused. <laughs> well, no, there's there's still a fair amount of book. But, but you're right, like, none of the action happens in the songs. No. So like, what if we sang a long song about what the simple folk did for their amusement? And it's like, I guess it's about, so you picture it, especially, like, listening to the album before seeing the show. I'm like, oh, well, there's going to be so much. It's going to, all of these are going to be so emotionally rich when we finally stumble across them after going through right. yards and yards of book. And then it's, it's, just, not, it's not there.
0: There are whole characters who don't, like, the antagonist. I guess the antagonist, you'd call him, Roddy McDowell, really doesn't come in until, is it act two or late act? Certainly late act one. (laughs) He comes in at least late act one, if not act two. I I don't exactly know. But it's, it doesn't, it's just so funny that like this show, I'm not surprised it ran four hours when it first opened. And it's kind of surprising that it still sort of doesn't. And it's also not surprising that they kept cutting After it opened on Broadway. (laughs) It's so funny. They got two songs after opening. Yeah, they're like, we... It's got to get done. We We got to get this thing out of here before 11. Like, we got to get it rolling. I don't know how they did, or if they did, even. Yeah. Because it is intense. But before we get too deep into the sort of minutia, I think everybody knows. But could you give a quick, like, back-of-the-DVD synopsis of Camelot? Of
1: Camelot. Well, so Camelot, it's set in the court of King Arthur. And it starts on the eve of his marriage to Guinevere, where he's nervous and he sings himself a little song to sort of cheer himself up about it. And she sings herself a little song. They really like the plot starts really slowly. Now oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It. yeah. It's just the two of them being like, "We're going to have to get married, so let's have not one but two songs about this." But three, um, three. really, well, because they do
0: Camelot. Like that's my memory oh of it. Oh my,
1: you're right. Not to interrupt <laughs> the synopsis, <laughs> no, but like the slowest my, possible. My start. memory
0: of the movie was that the first song was Camelot. So when this starts with, um, what I wonder what the king is doing tonight I kind of went oh right I forgot about this and then I that's when I went to the plot synopsis and went oh yeah this is these first three songs which take 20 some (laughs) minutes it's just the first scene. Like yeah. we haven't gotten out of the. first... No, he's in a tree. We haven't right, even gotten to the castle he's yet. Still in the tree. No, it's like when you start <laughs> writing your
1: name in large letters, like on a piece to of poster board, the... and you like write the first letters so big, and then by the end of it, all the letters are like really scrambled Cramed and tiny together. That's how I would describe Act Two of <laughs> and Camelot. And then story. Right? Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he gets right. married to Guinevere, right. and they uh, things are going so well for a while. But mm-hmm. then,
0: oh, but then someone
1: named Lancelot arrives yeah. um, and you know that's he, he's lancelot because he has a whole song called it's me it's me uh lancelot uh but it's in french um and so he's portrayed by robert goulet yes he is and they uh, after a joust i believe it's yeah. implied uh and he like brings someone back to life it's sort of confusing what's going <laughs> on there and uh, he and guinevere are in love but they're star-crossed and they sing several songs about their inability to be with one another either for morals or other reasons, but then they stop resisting because of the weather, the seasons. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, it gets very why they stop, why they just finally give in to their feelings is very unclear to me. I've read the synopsis twice now, and I was like, I don't get it. Like, at some point between these two songs, they they. They they decide okay we're yeah. down.
1: No, I feel like in actual Arthurian legend, it's also not. It that is clear. just kind of like, like whatever. Yeah, he holds out for a good while, and then he's like, "Or I could not. Or I could
0: just not." Yeah, I feel
1: like there's usually maybe they had a, like a long subplot involving uh, the Lady of Shalot that got cut that totally sure he's that would like, explain. Well, if I'm be well that's, when, in so that's when this relationship. That's when the
0: bad guy shows up. Yeah, and and so maybe it's somewhere in that. Yeah, it just sort of falls. Yeah, goes to pieces.
1: And then. Um, Mordred also shows up. Am I forgetting something? I feel like I'm...
0: No, Mordred's the bad guy. Yeah, Yeah, Mordred's the bad guy. Mordred's
1: uh, Arthur's illegitimate son with his sister, uh, because it's Arthurian legend. Right. And he shows up, and he's like, I'm going to really knock stuff around and so he decides to reveal the central hypocrisy underlying the court that's making the round table oh they create the round table sort of like the other action going on throughout this is Arthur is like starting a round table and he misses his old uh, mentor Merlin who used to be around and lived backwards and could make him into a hawk. And so he's doing all these monologues that make no sense out of context. Things we
0: don't say, right.
1: (laughs) Um, And so they have, yeah, they build a round table, but then Mordred reveals that Lancelot and Guinevere are in love with each other. But of course, Arthur sort of knows this and he has a whole like song about it. Um, And then they try to burn Guinevere at the stake unsuccessfully in a, I love that. That, Mm -hmm. That number is an absolute banger. And then they... I guess the round table is over and that makes, and then Arthur fights Mordred and dies or it's unclear. And he just tells a story to a young boy. Right, Uh, It's all sort of through the framework of, he's telling a story to a young person. Who's on
0: his way to Camelot. Like that's the whole bit. And then it ends with the famous line.
2: Don't let it be forgot that once there was a spot for one brief shining moment.
1: Like we'd basically talk like we're like a cool yes. screwball comedy from like the 40s or 50s, right. but it's Camelot. Did I mention it's Camelot? Right. So it's just totally all over the place. It's well, so it is, Yeah,
0: the score seems very at odds with the story in in its... Because it a, it's a musical score. It's a very light learner and low. If ever I would leave you, lusty month of May. What do the simple folk Oh, do? yeah, like, it's
1: May. Maybe that's why they give that's up. That's why they it, get down? Yeah, you because know, it's May.
0: Well, I think... Doesn't lusty month of May come before... She tries oh, to and, have and him then she killed. tries to
1: send him to the fair and have him killed. Yeah, right. I, I forgot I forgot the whole part where Yeah, he...
0: that Guinevere tries to have Lancelot tries... killed. And It doesn't work.
1: It's weird how the plot lurches along. I feel like doing the um, synopsis, I'm yeah. like, oh, there's like two scenes where there are events, but each scene has six to eight songs in it at the it, same event.
0: And so much happens. I mean, it is just like...
1: And then they skip rapidly through Mordred, yeah.
0: Yeah, who just shows up and causes problems. And like you said, like, w- what I was fascinated by was how... I mean, it is based on a book. It's based on Once in Future King. And it is a... a the story is really good. Yeah, like the story, the, the backbone of, the of it is a great ever story, told. And, right? And you yeah. just sort of have this idea of like it's very interesting. It's it's a king dealing with like well now we've won so how do we do that? Oh I'll start this thing where knights don't go fight they hold the peace and we'll call it the Round Table. Well that's cool. And like he knows his wife's in love with Lancelot and he's trying to like not like get in her way but also like hold this marriage together. And it's all very like yeah.
1: Just, no, the huge pointed emotional it's stakes big stuff
0: and, and good you, musical stuff. Yeah. but the score doesn't go it. No, the score does not.
1: No, you listen to it, you're like, it just, yeah. You just if somebody told you this story, you would be like, oh man, it's gonna yeah, be it's like, going be good, incredible. And then you listen to it, it's like, la 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 la. It's it insane. is a lot of la la la, la.
0: like literally. And even <laughs> when it gets, when it gets pointed with like seven deadly virtues or five on goodness, it's yeah. so arch like those yeah. those villains are so villainous yeah. that you're just like okay I mean okay, okay. gang like can we please <laughs> cuz it really feels like a a deep mythical drama scram- crammed into a musical comedy And I don't know that it ever. It's
1: basically a comedy, which is so confusing. Right, because it's not. And then suddenly, (laughs) like, you get into act two and they're like, oh, we remembered this was a tragedy, and so the songs are going to have a slightly different tone, but not really. Well, not really. Yeah, exactly. A couple of them
0: will. It kind of gets where it wants to go. And it's, I mean.
1: But it's also like musically, I I think really the lyrics are the problem. I think the music is actually doing a lot of the dramatic work it needs to be doing. Like, if you heard Fire and Goodness and you were like, maybe except for like the weird scotland section
0: i know which <laughs> is yeah it really comes out of nowhere um five on scotland
1: why because yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> we remember this what was did a comedy scotland bring into this oh my God.
0: okay whatever yeah. fine
1: we'll Great guys. Pipes.
0: as you were yeah.
1: <laughs> no it just it's all over the place it is
0: really all over the place and it is i mean as i said we hinted at it but like if you read the story of how this show got done, the, the only one who seems to really wanted to do it was Alan Jay Lerner. Yeah. Like, Frederick Lowe didn't want to write the score. He finally agreed under, like, extreme duress. Moss Hart directed it and had two heart attacks, and then a third shortly after it opened and died. And, like, the show kind of opened without a director. It opened to sort of very, very mixed reviews. and really only became a classic because they went on Sullivan. Yep. And did, like, four numbers. And the numbers are solid. Yeah, like sure. They are really solid numbers. If you only saw those
1: four numbers, you'd be like, this probably is a great show. And
0: so it ran for, like, a, probably two years or a yeah. year and a half. But it wasn't nominated for Best Musical, like, looking at the Tonys, which is shocking to me. Uh, it wasn't nominated for a lot of things. Like, it was, like uh, Richard Burton won. Uh, Julie Andrews was nominated. But, like, it, it, it isn't, like...
1: Uh oh yeah, Richard Burton's in it. I yeah. should have Oh
0: yeah. yeah. Well oh is he? Yeah. You think?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I should have led with the,
0: that. The, the, and
1: Julie Andrews. The I should have led Andrews. with all of that. I led with Goulet and not I mean, McDowell
0: I And think. they signed all these people to the show before it was done. Yeah. I mean it really That's shows the secret. The, it is really. It shows the power of My Fair Lady. Like we don't My Fair Lady, which of course was just on Broadway and it is a controversial show and should be. It is it it is easy to forget though what a tremendously huge hit My Fair Lady was. Yeah. And how, like, then the guys who wrote My Fair Lady could go, like, we're doing this for our next musical and it isn't finished, would you like to be in it? And Richard Burton yeah. would say yes. Like, yeah. would would could be like, yeah, sure, great, yeah. sounds good, guys. Like, yeah.
1: How much do I have to sing? Right. Like a manageable amount, right? He sings
0: way more than I thought he yeah. did.
1: Yeah, no, for like a quote-unquote non-singing, like, yeah. he's just, yeah. When well, it
0: starts in that, just, if you... Like, because obviously they're famous for with *My Fair Lady* having Rex Harrison, who cannot sing, and he doesn't at all sing in, in *My Fair Lady*. And then you have in the movie Richard Harris, uh, no relation. No, that's Richard Harrison. Nobody, no, no,
1: yeah, there's too many Harrises. There's too many yeah.
0: Harrison Harrisons. They're all British. Rex Harrison, who also can't really sing, sort of talks singing through the movie. You've, but, like, Richard Burton starts off when he's going, I wonder what the king is doing tonight, doing that Rex Harrison thing. You mean that a king who fought
2: a dragon, whacked him two, and fixed his wagon, goes to be wed in terror and distress? Yes. A warrior who's so calm in battle, even his armor doesn't rattle, faces a woman petrified with fright.
0: Right. But then he quickly picks up yeah, the he tune. Starts, he, you can hear what he the sings. tune is. Yeah. yeah. I get, so I, I don't know how good he was... You know, by the Sunday matinee, but yeah. he was—he's—he's he's, oh, he's carrying those tunes. Yeah, tune. no, they're, yeah, they're,
1: they're, you can hear just, the music through he's him. doing it yeah. right. Yeah,
0: it's not that kind of rhythmic speaking that you expect no. from like Rex Harrison or the leads of of these learner and Lowe. Yeah, well, musicals. you genuinely
1: don't know if there were a tune. To, like, how, why can't a woman be more like that? Right. Like, Well, what, was there a tune there? No. It is it fun to just, listen to that yeah.
0: and try to be like, what is the melody? Yeah. you can hear it. Like it's kind of bouncing in the background. But, yeah, I mean, he's great in in on this album. As yeah. is, I mean, obviously, oh, when yeah. you're standing next to Robert Goulet. Yeah,
1: or, <laughs> and or Julie, Julie Andrews. Andrews. I mean, it's just, it's stacked, yeah.
0: It really, really is. And even Roddy I McDowell's mean, yeah. one song, but it's a good it's one. Like, and he, it's a, yeah. He does it it's very well. Yeah. He is, yeah. Seven Deadly Virtues. Yeah. Um, so what, so when, how old were you when you first heard this show? Like seven, I want to say. Okay, like, and what did you think of it at that point? Was it, were you into... Were you into Arthurian legend? Or were you yeah, into knights? I was okay, really so into. Was right I was in into Real Arthurian House.
1: legend, and like I got more into it because of the musical, I think. But also, like I, I. It's funny because I like really loved like more Darthur when I eventually got around to reading it because it's just. Here's a bunch of goofy, sort of almost gossipy stories about the Knights of the Round Table, mm-hmm. just, like, doing weird nonsense. Like, Lancelot gets his, like, buttocks caught in a window at one point. Nobody remembers this, but it happens. Wow. And, like, and he gets, like, a huge gash. He's, like, bleeding all over the Queen's sheets. Oh, my it's, it's gosh. Whole thing. Yeah, like, and if you just get, read the footnotes that explain to you what each individual word is supposed to mean, because it's all in, like, Old or Middle English. It's a really riveting and very <laughs> lowbrow read. Um, but so I loved it. Whereas, like, Once in Future King is just like T.H. White being like, let's put some psychological realism on all of these people. And I'm like, right. no, I don't want psychological realism on all my, like, Arthurian archetypes. Right. Like, I just want weird gossip about Lancelot bleeding all over the Queen's sheets. Right. Like, give me more of this, this is content. Where I'm at, yeah. And instead of, like, Lancelot was ugly and he never loved himself. But, like, I mean, it's a great book because, like, it's a wonderful sure. novel, but it's also like, it's an interesting way of treating these characters who so belong to the uh, popular consciousness. And so I feel like it's like very much T.H. White's ideas about how everyone worked. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not sure I buy his interpretation of Dagonet, the horse, like that horse well, is like doing a, different a, stuff. And
0: like a lot of adaptations... Of things like that it almost it reveals much more about the author than it yeah. does about the source material and you kind of go oh that's what that's where your head was or that's what you were into or that's how you like you say that's how you yeah. thought people worked and so but i also like i love all with.
1: the arthur sections so much where, like mm-hmm. all this stuff like when he's like with merlin like sort of learning how to be and like you know the cure for everything is to learn learn how the world wags and what wags it like that's awesome stuff mm-hmm. that's like very moving and beautiful and I don't think he has a, as good of a handle on like Guinevere but she's still an interesting character mm-hmm. i had to go back and reread it because at the time I was like I just read Mort Arthur none of this stands by what Mallory said but <laughs> I think now I would probably be like oh it's a good book and those are not so easy to do sure um but so because it's like but I, I didn't have all of that context at the time just listening to it i'm just like this is a really big story and all of these songs are like at appropriate emotional levels because i didn't know like what like sure it was supposed to sound like when you had a good
0: musical right.
1: so <laughs> i was like oh like probably when you're like in love but very sad you sing a song you sing like this
0: right this is what time. it sounds like yeah so what do the simple folk do
1: it's almost Gilbert and Sullivan in a way where it's like theoretically portraying like high emotions, but in fact, in a very light operatic style, you
0: just unlocked. Like, like I feel like my brain just got unlocked because that's my problem with Alan J. Lerner is the, like, I like Gilbert and Sullivan just fine. And it's when it's good, it's great. And when it's not good, it's almost unbearable, (laughs) but, (laughs) and I'm just talking about the music, forget like the plots and the stories and the characters, like Gilbert and Sullivan. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that, but there's so many I can really see with Alan J. Lerner's lyrics I can see him working in the same way mm-hmm. I can see WS Gilbert working and it's but when Gilbert's working there's this like tongue in cheek you can tell where this rhyme is going and isn't it funny and like how am I going to get out of this rhyme kind yeah. of jokes and when, when Lerner does it at it's best it's, oh, it's May the lusty month of May When everyone throws self-control away, it's time to do a
1: wretched thing or two and try to make each precious day one you'll always rue. It's May, it's May, the month of yes you may, the
2: time for every frivolous whim, proper.
1: it's gay, a blot in every way The birds and bees with all of their vast Amorous past, gaze of the human race, aghast Oh, that slaps, yeah See, now that,
0: and that's the thing, like, when he's doing that I go, oh, great. Like, that's so much fun. That's a fun turn of phrase and a way to get around the lyric. But, like, every time he tries to rhyme Camelot, and you can just feel it coming down the line, (laughs) you're just like, he's definitely got the book open of the rhymes. And he's just like, and it, that, okay, that one, that's the last word of the line. Now, how do I get to that backwards? You can feel him working. But also ran into the trouble that like Neil Innes ran into when they were doing uh Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That you can't rhyme Camelot nope. with anything except spam a lot and pram a lot. Yep. And you know, like that's <laughs> what I'm a lot That's that's what Camelot rhymes with. And so like the word company in yeah. the musical company. Like we're sometimes like we're not gonna try to rhyme company. We're just gonna say company.
1: Yeah, which is a smart call. Which is the
0: right idea. Because nothing rhymes with company except like was what, what is the bumpin'y? Bumpin'y was like a thing, like <laughs> yeah. that's all, which would be a Gilbert and Sullivan yeah. lyric, and that's where Cal- that's where like a lot of bad Alan J. Lerner falls into, feels like W. S. Gilbert imitations to me, and I can really feel the lyrics being written, contrasted with songs like "Lusty Month May." I also think his ballads, he doesn't do that as much, um because I think if ever I would leave you. Yeah, has some really really good lyrics. Yeah, in it's it. like
1: and the game of it is so good. It's yeah. just like oh, we're gonna do each like season, each season. but then we're gonna do like a twist. Uh, yeah, it's just yeah. It's, a, it's a smartly written. Stru- it is a stru- good, smartly structured song.
0: And there are funny songs in it that are the lyrics don't bug me. One of them being "Same Moi.
1: Yeah, and no, "Same is just like a character based. Like all the jokes are character based, right? And it's not like oh, like how witty I am for like using this funny right. of phrase. It's like had I been made the partner, of Eden, we'd be Eden still. Like that's hilarious, yes, that's but it's joke. not like punny or like right because it's not like verbally it is great it is
0: great job of getting the character to say to really sell himself in the most over the top way so like he said the jokes aren't in the rhymes the jokes are in literally what he's saying and it feels like he did like he also doesn't try to rhyme say moi (laughs) never which is also very handy so seven-year-old uh seven-year-old you into knights, into Alexander, into into, uh, into Arthur, and doing that whole thing, finds Camelot and is like, hey, but how does it sustain?
1: Much as I'm like going, harping on about its flaws, most of the things that I really enjoy, I'm like, oh, I, I want to have a, like an absolute detailed catalog of everything that's wrong with this, because I still want to be <laughs> able to listen to it. But I also want to be able to inoculate myself against this decision. Um, so, I don't know, I still, every so often, like I move to my first apartment and I'm like, I'm going to bring my, and I think... That's what it was. I th- I either ordered a Camelot vinyl or like found it among my uncle's possessions. And mm-hmm. Either either way, I like. I'm like now is the time to re up that Camelot content we've been listening to. And the overture still slaps. Mm-hmm. And, and if you and side two of that record, it really has some good numbers on it. Plus Guinevere. Like I, I really sure. think it mostly it's like I really like the song Guinevere. I'm never unhappy about listening to it. And as a consequence, I wind up listening to the whole musical more than I otherwise would. The door, fill the stars.
2: Earth and sky were dazed by a pounding roar, and suddenly through the dawn an army began to pour. And lo, ahead the army, holding a spear, came Lancelot to save his dear Guinevere.
1: And I also just, I still wonder if you completely redid the book. And I know they tried that with chess, and it turns out sometimes things are just in their whole
0: well, essences different. I mean, that is a that's a huge apples and oranges comparison.
1: <laughs> no, but it, yeah, no here's an enormous apple but like is there a way of making a good camera and i saw it 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 was in like i was up doing this like speaking event and i saw hey they've got what's his name robert sean leonard as sure. arthur and i'm like finally i'll get to see it on stage because okay. until that point i'd never seen it on stage i was uh-huh. like in my 20s at this point and so i went to see it and guinevere was fabulous robert sean leonard like sort of didn't really remember his lines like Ooh, in, in critical moments that's not fun and it was like So I'm like, I still feel like I haven't seen a good, good onstage Camelot, but Mordred was great. It was just Uh like it kept, like it reminded me of the potential of it because, like, you just keep thinking maybe it's going to be good. So I I feel like my continual like desire to see it maybe be good has kept me coming back to it. Plus, I like the music.
0: Well, it's that funny thing also of encountering a show through the album for the first time that you form in your head. Away you go, like you said. Like obviously, this is what happens in between these songs, or obviously, this is the way the show goes. And then if you see it and it it isn't, it's that thing of like, oh, well, we can fix this. because yeah, the music be is so way. good. Yeah, exactly. And I feel, Except, like,
1: but then I'm like, well, is the music so good? And then that's where you start yeah, heading down know. that path. I It's not
0: bad. Like I've heard worse. learner and Low score. I think Brigadoon is borderline unlistenable. I've said that before. And and I, it's saccharine and it's hokey and it's no, it's no good. Sorry, Emma, but the um. <laughs> Uh, but this is like, it's fun to listen to. There's, yeah. nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. There's moments of it where I think, Ooh, that's not great. But just from a right, there's, you know what I will say? I was surprised and I would like to know <laughs> if I'm right about this, that there weren't any cringy moments in the score, at least. Right. From 60 years ago. Like I was totally expecting there to be. Well, the song, I mean,
1: except in A Fine Goodness, there's like a pretty cringy moment.
0: Yes, there is a very cringy yeah. moment, and you're going to have lyric like momentary yeah. cringiness. But like when you get to a song called "How to Handle a Woman," written in 1960. oh, I love "How to Handle a Woman." I should well, have led the with thing, that. I, Yeah, is the thing of like I was just, I sat there ready to be like okay, yeah, hit me yeah. like wh- how how bad is this going to be, and it isn't. It is it is a you know sort of like plaintive like the title isn't great but beyond that like the character is really trying to figure out like trying to wrestle with the fact that he has no idea what he's doing and it ties nicely into the beginning where he's like i can conquer dragons and i can do all kinds of nonsense but i can't Can't. talk to girls yeah and he doesn't you know he doesn't have an answer how do you handle a woman i have no idea like i don't know what i'm doing here and so i was actually kind of shockingly surprised yeah. that it's like it's a good song I think and no, one that's fun to listen to
1: it holds up nice I think also because it's so character driven and it's just like mm. as you said like this is a guy who's very confident fighting dragons and uh, f- whacking them into and fixing his wagon and another those right. really good lyrics that we know and cherish <laughs> uh, but like yeah, he he just, it's emotionally like he's trying to w- walk his way through an, to an answer, and he doesn't succeed in it, and the tune is so lovely. Mm-hmm. And it's it's also, yeah, I feel like because it's got one of the most famous love triangles in all of, right. like...
0: Right. Oh, sure.
1: The literature yes. or, of England. At large, yeah, yeah. No,
0: just in general, and yeah. And
1: so that makes me think, well, there's got to be a good show here. And, like, it's got so many good love songs for each of them, and you see why, like, both of, like, the central, like you can see why you would want to hang out with Arthur, but you can equally see, well, here's Lancelot. So, yeah. like, it does a good job of making that central trio work. And mm-hmm. then it's like, well, and then Mordred has a good and interesting song, and it's just like, there's
0: got to, you know. Well, it is, the, the love triangle aspect of it, what I was most surprised by, I think, is the fact that it, while it is technically a love triangle, it isn't in the traditional way, because, I mean, it has the sort of, ironic beginnings where lancelot comes and everybody hates him except arthur including guinevere like guinevere Mm -hmm. hates him the most and then but arthur thinks he's good and then guinevere tries to have him killed at a at a, a fair and uh and it doesn't go how she thought he like actually comes out to be a really good guy like shows his true character and then that's when she starts to have feelings for him and he has feelings for her but arthur's aware of it like it's never that They're never competing. They're all wrestling with their own internal emotions. It's like a
1: confusing throuple more than like a love love triangle. Exactly. And
0: it's at least not in the love triangle in the sort of traditional.
1: Like I'm mad that you're. It's
0: not it's not, you know, the the Dawson, Pacey and Joey kind of situation. That's not what we're dealing with here. Yeah. Yeah. You've
1: got a man who like be king with you, but then you've got a Yeah. And it is really
0: his struggle. It's all of them struggling. Again, this is like a Gilbert and Sullivan show. It's all of them struggling with duty. Yeah. They all have jobs they have to perform that they take very, very seriously. And they all, all of their big conflicts arrived at moment of like, this is what I want, but this is what I've sworn to do. Yeah, And those two things are in opposition. How do I figure that out? And they also don't. Yeah. None of them figure it out at any point. Do they figure it out?
1: Yeah, no, it's like, well, maybe we can resolve this by sort of postponing until the last possible moment any kind of decision on it so somebody almost gets burned at the stake. Well, that's the thing is they don't... like crap at
0: resolving it. it. When it finally comes to a head, when, like, Guinevere has been charged with treason and is going to be burned, and... Like I like in that song a lot. How you hear that Arthur has set this up, like he's yeah. he's fulfilling the law because that's his job. But he set up her execution in, in such, such a, way a way where it's ideal if Lancelot wants to come rescue him. He's like, listen, I'm just gonna we're just gonna do it at five o'clock in the morning yeah. when the world is dark and when gray. The world is dark and gray, or black and gray. Great. Yeah, and like it's a great time for you to come get her, like if you really want to do it. And then Lancelot does. He's like, no, yeah. given that clear choice between her dying and her not dying. I will save her life. Yeah, but it
1: also means that the thing, like, I guess really there's a fourth party in this love triangle which is the round table. Which is, like, that's the thing that they're all sacrificing because they're their messy personal lives. And
0: the ideal of it, I mean, it is that impossible to live up to, they set standards for themselves that are so unbelievably high they can't, they can't do it. Like, even Arthur sets, I mean, what initially feels like a very reasonable standard, like, you know what, these guys are off fighting and we can't fight anymore, let's be in here and let's, Let's do some justice. Like that sounds like what we should be doing. But then the other good thing about Semois is that Lancelot, when he talks about what a knight of the round table should be, it's it's insane. It's yeah. completely impossible. Yeah. And even he who I guess technically achieves all the things, he's the only one. He's the only person who holds up to all those ideals. And then he still doesn't because yeah. he can't like he can't leave if he left everything would probably be okay but he can't leave because like he loves guinevere and because he's got he's sworn to stay (laughs) and then it just causes nothing but trouble for everybody which is why mordra is a great villain because he's not actually i mean he's stirring the pot but he's not he's not it's not like iago he's not spreading rumors he's not doing he is just walking in and being like oh i see what's happening here so if i like push here and here, just a tiny bit, it'll all crumble. And it does. It all instantly falls apart the minute he starts doing anything at all. And it's Yes. Yeah,
1: no, it's it's all because he just comes in and says, look at all this hypocrisy here. Like, there's a case where he, I mean, he's a relatively compelling, not actually a villain type, except in that you care about Arthur and therefore are sad that bad things are happening to Arthur. But Mordred is like the result of an extremely confusing and crappy decision on Arthur's part. Or maybe, I mean, decision might be putting it strongly. There's all kinds of like...
0: Mordred is
1: Arthur's like illegitimate, illegitimate son. Incest son. He, yeah. Okay,
0: that's the part I didn't get. Yeah, so he is. He no, is,
1: his mother is an enchantress, uh, but also Arthur's sister. And there was some sort of complicated scenario that happened back in the day. And so Mordred had sort of a crappy childhood, hanging out with like sure. Gawain and like that branch of the family. Okay. Um, and okay, everyone's sort of like, we 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 kind of know, but yeah. you know, this is. No one loves this. Sure. Um, and I think that, like, now I'm confusing this in my mind with the Sam Neill Merlin TV miniseries. Oh, okay. Uh, where.
0: I've seen that. Yeah. A, a classic <laughs> I love it. For oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah.
1: Because uh, I think it's just like there was some sort of magical misunderstanding, but she was like, this this will ultimately bring down the. It's one of those sort of. Confusing yeah, one of those. Prophecy yeah, exactly. Things. I may be completely botching this. Um, but. It's also, like, I mean, my mother's always saying, hey, there's something good to be said about hypocrisy because at least you have values. And I feel like that's sure. sort of the tragedy of the round table is they all had values and, it was then, just and they were good values. Yeah. Like, it's like you don't have to also be completely morally pure while you're still trying to prevent people from being eaten by dragons. Maybe we right. can all just have a, can, s- a civil society and yeah. not get eaten by dragons. And, do, and
0: just do your job. Like It is that thing of, like I really do feel like there is the, the tragic flaw if you will that they all possess is this is this standard they hold themselves to and it's it like i say it's impossible like it, nobody's going to be happy and right. so the tiniest little wind can knock it all down because it was built on such a flimsy foundation and
1: but at the same time there's something sort of beautiful and poignant and trying in sure. like lying that you're a little bit better than you are in order to become actually like yeah you're, li- lying that you're like way better but right you actually still somewhat become better it's and you get all tangled up in like the american dream and like the kennedys and all well that's stuff, the but. i mean
0: that's the other aspect of this show that it gets fairly or unfairly like it is a, it is aligned with the kennedy yeah. uh administration because the because President Kennedy liked to listen to it before he went to bed. Um, yeah, and it's, and a, like, good, it's like, a good, pre-bed. It's listening good pre-bed. Music, yeah, okay, you know, read a James Bond novel and listen <laughs> to Camelot. a what like, oh, do folk <laughs> do? He didn't know. Yeah, um, but it is a, and like, and that's funny because it is also the score. Like, it's not the show. It's, it's that. It's the like we say, it's the album. So, yeah, it, like it, the, this was the it's original the fun Hamilton. Parts. Yeah, it's the, right, there you go. Except Hamilton's the whole show. Yeah. It'd, it'd be like, that's
1: yeah. true. Because it's all. That's the. The secret advantage that Camelot has is you don't have to listen to them fumbling through the book, but
0: right, well, and I really would love to see this, like, and see this though, like, not the, the the rewrites or the changes, but like, really, just think, like, what on earth? Because it's the other problem I have with Alan J. Lerner, who did write the book for this, right? Isn't that is that correct? I think did he write the book? I thought there he might did. Be, yeah. He did. So I think I'm sure he worked on it. Who, well, like, I'm sure he, I'm could... sure Moss Hart worked on it. I'm sure they all kind of pitched in, but like. Alan J. Lerner is to me, I don't want to crap on him the whole time, but it is he's also not a great uh book writer. And because like the book for My Fair Lady is just the play Pygmalion, like yeah. l- literally just the play Pygmalion, and then they put songs in it. So his his book adaptation isn't really an adaptation, in my opinion. The, this is adopting a novel to script, and obviously you see the problem with that early on when the first for, the first run is four hours long. And it lets out at one o'clock in the morning, which was just like, oh my gosh, like that is for the '60s, very very yeah. late. And for all these nice people who, well, and Noel Coward has a great quote about that it was it was longer than the Ring Cycle and not as funny, um, <laughs> which I thought uh, was pretty good. That's, uh, that's very great. very good, Noel Coward. Um, but it, it does speak to sort of a larger dramatic issue that this sort of this sort of has, where there's just. Again, resting on the hubris of it, there's just so much to put into it and so much to say and so much to get to. And they never really, get ironically, to get to it. No. It's just like the characters in the show kind of don't get to what they're supposed to be doing. It kind of lives in this weird like cross-section. Yeah, no, they it. set
1: it up fantastically and then you're like, this is going to be an amazing show. And then it's over. And you're like, oh, right. oh. well, so that I was guess it, huh? Okay, that's what Camelot was.
0: Right. Which is what Camelot was. I mean, it is also funny that like as the line says, like for one shining moment, like a brief shining moment, it's kind of what it is. The, the ideal of Camelot itself and the idea of Camelot, the musical almost kind of only exists like in the middle of act one.
1: Yeah. They only exist in the dreams
0: of the listeners only. Oh, and then, and then it's just sort of like, and then it's gone and it's gone. It, It, it does sort of, one of the good things about the writing and one good thing about the song Camelot, when it's reprised, and I do love a good, it's got that thing I love in a musical, which is a good reprise that twists the yeah. song it's reprising yeah. it re- it is not just a repetition of camelot it is a whole different spin on the song camelot
1: no it used to be a charming courtship song about weather and now yeah. it's about dreams and right the- and how
0: they're gone yeah and it is but the importance of saying like when he sends the he knights the kid and sends him to england to find camelot to be like no this is important like it did mean something it went out into the world and people were inspired and they're just sort of getting here now and it's like oh yeah go go find it like great you you carry the mantle on on up the hill yeah. that's what's important about grail. camelot not the fact that you know, it was always seventy-two degrees and sunny. Yeah, like, all which the is time. weird that
1: when he's reprising it, that he's still singing the weather parts. Right, and I, like I, well, it is a
0: big chunk of the song. <laughs> I know
1: it's, it's, it's like remember how good the weather we used to have such great excellent climate control. We right. really nailed we, the weather we parts. We hit we it focused, just fine. Yeah, right. focused on that aspect all of, of our, it. We didn't really deal with like interpersonal relationships. In <laughs> retrospect, when we were like planning camp, right, we had didn't we,
0: have a clear line of succession. I blew a lot of that, yeah, but the no. weather was. Stunning. <laughs> yeah, we
1: crushed the weather. It never snowed.
0: It's like a sandals. Yeah, is, everything was perfect.
1: Yeah, it was like a utopia in the sense that like it's an it's both an ideal place and a no place, which is always sort of like the pun inherent in that word. Where it's like, here's a story about people who built this briefly and then immediately it, it collapsed, but like it did exist at one time, and right. that's why we have this mythology around it. But there's so many people. It's funny how that it's as big as it is when it could almost be a little bit smaller and still work because i mean it's as in all like movies or things where you have like two hours to convince people that like these are old friends and they really get each other and they do anything for each other you're always like it's never enough time to be like lancelot you're my sworn brother like right. especially when there's like no accompanying song or anything so i kept wondering well because often they just be like let me tell you quickly that this is the man i regard highest and, like if i had to choose any man out there it would right. be lance this guy yeah right. and it's like well okay I'm glad Great. that you feel that way I've never seen on stage any like inciting incident so if they just put in a couple of inciting incidents I don't know this is mostly just like me having a lot of well, but it's it,
0: but this is the interesting question and 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 a problem that you often run into as a writer which is where do you start yeah like there's so much to cover and how we begin is very very important and this show while it begins very charmingly does waste a lot of time. Yeah, at the be- it's it's and like it the- also
1: makes you think that everything else that's that important is going to get an equivalent amount of time. So you think, right. oh, like this is how long it takes for like Arthur and one of your meet each other. I can't wait for like Arthur to meet Lance a lot. Yeah. I bet they'll have a they'll song, have a maybe, but have their there. friends right, like they'll yeah. do something together. And no, suddenly nope. he just he like shows up the song and sings then the scene. Song, it like yeah. cuts straight through. So and suddenly like Arthur like his song participation levels like
0: yes yeah, seriously dwindles yeah. yeah he he doesn't he kind of it, it becomes the julie andrews show for yeah. a big chunk of time which, which nope no, again yeah. on an album i'm fine with that nothing wrong with that but in the show it, it it's that, that's kind of not who i want to be hearing from i thought i was going to be hearing from arthur and now i'm hearing from guinevere and that's fine but like you what does th- Arthur think of all? Or you could just
1: start with Symbol Dress of Maiden* and be like, "This is the Guinevere show." Like you could—I mean, there's right. ways of getting that around. Which would be very like, interesting. Nobody needs what the king's doing tonight. Although I do like uh, re- being regally and legally prepared. That's a, like a cute little.
0: Well, and it twist. is interesting. It's an interesting place to start because he's like—it's the king. He's yeah. up a tree, yeah, hiding. Yeah, like, that's true. That's it's, and yeah. it's Arthur. Like Bang. that's a—that's yeah. a fun place that's to true. start. But it's not a fun show, <laughs> and it's not. It, it's tonally kind of all over the place. Yeah, and that's
1: the biggest problem with Camelot overall. Is like, yes, it's totally
0: a mess. I, I mean, it's it's the the adage. Th- there's always two different opinions. Like when people talk about writing pilots for TV shows, and there's a there's the origin story pilots we've all seen, which is kind of the Amy Sherman Palladino method. And then there's also, but there's the 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 age old adage is always that like you don't want your pilot to be your origin story. You want a pilot to be what the show is going to be like, yeah. And then start later, as you need to back. go on. So, like, that's why, for example, like The West Wing doesn't start with Jed bartlett getting sworn in. It starts a year into the administration, and yeah. then later we go back in time and see. But like, you get a sense of who everybody is and where everybody's at. Yeah. And so, if we started at like, I mean, I don't know where you'd start, but let's say with the arrival of Lancelot, that's a new kick into all this. You know, like the Round Table's going. He's with Guinevere. Like things yeah. are moving. And then something comes in and disrupts what's moving.
1: Yeah.
0: That might be a better place to Maybe, start. Yeah. Halfway through act one. I don't know. But like an adage I learned as a playwright, and I've told this to people since, is often to cut scene one. I don't know if you've ever been told that, <laughs> which is just the idea of like you're starting in the wrong spot. Like you're you're giving us a lot of setup and we don't need it. Like just jump in. On scene two, that's when things get going. Just yeah. start there. Start with things in motion and let the audience catch up on the plot and focus on the characters. And the show kinda tries to do both. Yeah. And it's so it sort of wins or it succeeds or doesn't based on your willingness to participate. It yeah. sort of feels that way to me.
1: No, I feel like I get a, a a lot of feedback. I'm in this like musical writing workshop and often like you'll have somebody doing like an I want song and like you'll think it's an I want song and it actually is just like them describing their status quo. And it's right. like, no, but like actually it's what's an the I am conflict? Song. It's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, here I am. Mm-hmm. Just I sure do live in this small town. For sure, that's where I live. <laughs> and <laughs> then it's like, okay, but what is, Which is what Gilbert is and Sullivan? Want? Yeah,
0: I mean it's the thing. Gilbert and Sullivan is, is, is that is what every single how every single Gilbert and Sullivan song starts. The chorus comes on and tells you where you are. Your lead comes out and tells you who they they are. Your ingenue comes out and says who she is. Yeah. and then we then the characters kind of one at a time come in and introduce themselves, and then we mix them up and they all talk about what's going on. And there's never those moments of like these are my heart deepest desires, yeah. but that's always in quick dialogue in between the songs. The songs are meant more for entertainment. And I feel that it is something that, that often can get leaned into that. Like I want songs are the most important songs yeah. in any musical. Does this show have an, I want song, I guess, I mean, simple joys of maidenhood isn't bad. Yeah.
1: Simple joys of maidenhood. I would say is an, I want song.
0: Isn't I want It's song. like, or,
1: it's more of an, I don't want song,
0: which is a kind yeah, of like, yeah, it it's is, the same yeah. sort of in the same bit.
1: Same moi is not really an I, want is I mean, an I am song. Same moi
0: is literally an I am song. Like that's li- which is which is a recognized kind of song. It is like you But it
1: turns out it's more aspirational than you think it is. Yes, than you think, than it, you it, think is. it is. Yeah. That's right.
0: Uh but yes, no, I think that yes, I think the closest thing we have to an I want song is is The Simple Joys of Maidenhood, which is, you know, there's a lot of I, I am songs in here because like 7 Deadly yeah, Virtues Deadly is Deadly an Virtues I am song. Same moi, like we said, um I wonder what the King is doing tonight is an I Am song. It is a, like, this is where I am. Literally, like, this is where I am, and this is who I am, and this is what I am doing. And it, it kind of, I think that is another issue of how we get into what. But it's also funny. It's exactly like My Fair Lady, though, because we kick off with, why Can't the English Teach Your Children How to Speak, which is an I Am song. And then the next song is the I Want song, which is uh, Wouldn't It Be Loverly. All
1: I Want, yeah. Right, and it literally, exists, like, yeah. this is
0: what I want, and this is what she gets eventually. And But it's also funny that, like, Guinevere's I Want song, well, I mean, she becomes a nun. Does she get what she wants?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about it. You like, can't have it all. Well, what's um,
0: you could be a nun. Uh, can we burned at the stake, or you could be a nun. Yeah. These are your Why choices. Why choose, right? yeah.
1: Um... <laughs>
0: throw on a habit and hop on that pyre yeah but so what what's what's interesting to me about you picking camelot is that and i almost said we should do chess instead but like i want your your opinions on camelot in your email were so wonderful that we're like we have to talk about camelot is that you have said as a playwright specifically that you like to be weird yes and this is the least weird like it's weird Unintentionally, Like, yeah. there's weird things lo- about yeah, it. I think
1: unintentionally weird is the highest weird. Is that like, your favorite it, weird? Yeah. Okay, like, all right. Yeah. That? I think Joan Didion was like, a naive camp is the highest camp. Yes. And it's like, what, yes. What I'm
0: always interested in, or struggling with, I should say, is... The comfort level of presenting like this is what I think and this is what I think is a good piece of drama, specifically drama because you have to force people to sit and watch it. It's not like writing a book or writing a note where you can send it to people and they can lie about whether they read it or not. Like you have to put people in a room and then you stand in the lobby. And it is the idea of like, I think this is entertaining. I think this is good. I think this is fun and there's a certain arrogance you have to yeah. have to be like this is this no seriously watch this this is worth watching but then you have to release that arrogance almost immediately to be able to contend with a response because yeah. the response is not going to be what? even when it's glowing yeah. is not what you want it to no. be it never is that quite that fulfilled so when you're heading in that direction of like being very comfortable in your own skin of presenting something on stage because you also present like the thing about being a playwright is that I can hide behind the the play to a little bit. Like yeah. I wrote it, but yeah. but that character said it. Yeah, I didn't say that, and sometimes that's true, and sometimes it isn't. But like I have a I have a level of of um, plausible Plausibles deniability. There yeah. we go. That's what I'm looking for. But you write as you. And you yeah. write as you a lot. I mean, yeah. you wrote a whole book recently yeah. of, of the with that Goya painting. Yes, the name? yeah. Which uh, is one of like the most disturbing Saturn paintings of all time. Saturn devouring his children. Yeah. Yes, which he painted for no one. It was on the wall of his house. Yep. Just um, in there. Just, oh, yeah. man, that's dark. Uh, yeah. But with the book is called, I can't remember the uh, title. Nothing
1: is Wrong and Here's Why. Yes,
0: which I was going to paraphrase badly. But like yes, so it's, it's Saturn in a MAGA hat. Um you are now putting yourself out there and your opinions and you're standing behind them, but that's a very different kind of, of writing. So what, how do you, do you find that playwriting becomes a release for these more emotional and, and odder sides of your taste and you have to be a different person to write the columns and write the essays, or is it all kind of just a different side of the same coin? Like you're kind of like, I just, I just use different words. I just use different phrasing, but it's all me in this, in that way.
1: I think, I mean, I, I'm going to be like, no, it's not all me. It's two different people. Um, <laughs> it feels that way to me sometimes but, though, when you're doing stuff. No, I think it's like, I think ultimately the consistent thread through all of it is that it's like my window through like my, or my set of lenses, which are like, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll pick up some things and won't pick up other things, which is both just a function of being who I am in the world. But also I think Even in my writing, I you were like you write as yourself. I'm like, do I often? I don't. That's my question. Really, I like write things that are. I think you can tell what my perspective is because they're satire, and hopefully, by the time you get out of the piece, you will know what I actually think. Mm -hmm. But it's the voice that I'm using to convey what I actually think is not my voice. Often, it's like Mm. a version of my voice that's like heightened in specific ways. Like I used to be much more all caps. I've like somehow cut back on the all caps, but. I guess like, that also is sort of one of the interesting sleights of hand of being a writer is like convincing somebody that you're personally addressing them. But it's mm-hmm. like, because every sentence is like, th- this isn't just like a direct thought beam from my brain to yours. I mean, it certainly is, but it's also mediated through like, it was one of many possible sentences right. that I selected. And like, is this the truest one? Like, how do you get around that? Well, and there's and, an editor and there's exactly. a word count and there's like, yeah. there's
0: all kinds of restrictions you're working with on the same the same time
1: but i think just by virtue of doing so much of it you do get a good sort of splatter paint idea of like the thing that is in within all of these blots is what you are so so yeah i mean like Ian forster says how do i know what i think till i see what i say Mm -hmm. and i think that's often the case for me as a person and as a writer is that i come at things words first and like that's how i figure out what i am feeling or how I'm processing stuff is by getting the words on the page and then looking at them and be like, did I agree with what I just said? Maybe mm-hmm. I don't agree with what I just said. Sure. Like, and if not, how do, how do I say something more truer? Uh, mm-hmm. More truer. More truer. I I do words for a living. For right. Make, make the words <laughs> do a good word. Um,
0: yeah. But you get second drafts. So you get to yeah, re- type, exactly. you get I to try fix, more fix truer and then go that done. Right. And then erase that.
1: Yeah. And I feel with plays like something, it, it's fun to like sort of be polyvocal uh with different just like you get to play around in a world and like have more characters like the most recent play that like i'm having that's opening blah, next week that's oh wow that's very soon that's when that opens okay. too soon wow. um, well it's like preview start next week it's sure. like it opens on the 16th so that's soon all right um but it's been fun because uh i I had to express this on, like, somebody was like, well, did you have fun, like, writing these characters? Because the characters are, like, William F. Buckley Jr. and Gore Vidal, and they're just, like, real people who are extremely sesquipedalian word lovers, and just these enormous personalities. I'm like, I had so much fun taking up as much room as they took up, Mm because, like, often I feel like, like, when you're writing as yourself, you don't get to sort of just spread and, like... Occupy the whole couch, and sure. I felt like I got like writing as them. I got to occupy a lot more of the couch than I otherwise would have, and so it was fun like getting to use their voices to try to have a, a conversation about things that felt relevant today. Well,
0: and that's the thing that that's the interesting thing to me between playwriting or dramatic writing in general, and and writing essays, even if you write them behind, like as you say, if you add a to character where yeah. there's satire or there's a there's a there's a a buffer, is the fact that like sometimes what I want to say is the right thing in the wrong way. I want to express this. Like if I say it wrong, if I say it weird, if I say it big, you'll get it more the way I emotionally want you to, even though the words aren't exactly right. And that's what characters allow me to do. They allow me to like have this character just come out and say this terrible thing or this weird thing and then go, well, that's not anything anyone should ever say, but in the context of the scene, in the context of the play, like, Oh, the larger point remains and maintains and pushes through. So, yeah, it's just yeah, it's really... like
1: he, How do you make people feel a way? And, like, you and can't. Yeah. I know, like, the, the classic advice call was things like you can never make another person do anything and you can't make yeah. them feel any way. But, like, you can produce stimuli that, like, make you feel a certain way and hope that it'll sort of resonate. Uh, and, but the funniest thing, like, this play, I'm like... I'm so completely obsessed with like the Buckley Vidal debates that I will take <laughs> talk people's ears off. I like ruin my honeymoon talking about it. Like that ruined. But like <laughs> Steve <laughs> is just like, please now please is stop not about not it. right yeah. now, not right now. More Gore Vidal facts, just not right now. Just later when we're on the train, but not right now. And I'm like, but Steve, they're so interesting. <laughs> um, and so it's hard for me to convey to people who like if I walk into a room I'm like you got to see my play. They're like, what's it about? I'm like, it's about this thing that I'm obsessed with, and. So have you heard about this? Because if not, and then it's like how much they're you, on YouTube, I yeah, think, they right? Are you on YouTube. can watch them, yeah, yeah. You yeah. gotta watch them on YouTube. Oh, they're great. Oh, oh they're yeah. yeah. No, and it's like I love it because it's just like theoretically it's like abstruse and recondite, but actually it's just like about sex and fascism. And it's like that's right. the only thing mm-hmm. that we're talking about these days. Yeah. And just therefore, said by yeah. two
0: very eloquent, like very well spoken. Yeah, Like the waspiest
1: men. possible like um but <laughs> yeah, no, and so it's just like I hope that this translates, like people understand what I'm trying to say through this like mesh of words and characters, and I, I, and that they're like even if they weren't interested in it w- the way that I am, like yeah I don't know your answer to that question, and I have because it, it is like you grab somebody off the street, you're like sit down and watch this. I, I don't
0: know, like we I, yeah it,
1: it feels like a, it is a very arrogant thing to do, and I just hope that enough people like see it and they're like that also is the thing that i'm into like that's sort of the hope is that there will be enough people who are like that's one of my nine things i mean
0: but that is the right it's it's hard to have that attitude i think for people to have the attitude of like listen this is what it is right now and it'll gonna be what it's gonna be tomorrow and we'll just see but you you seem to approach it with this level of like hey like great fun i'm enjoying it while it's here like this which is not easy for everybody some people are just like I mean, and by everybody, I mean me, to be worried about tomorrow, to be worried about the next level. And that can ruin what you're doing. So for me, like, these things are active struggles to kind of yeah. keep these, keep those two emotional sets, like, keep the arrogance and the humility apart to keep yeah. the the sort of like I'm just going to do this cuz it's what I want to do and the worry about like god if I do it this way what's going to happen where is it going to go to keep those things all moving yeah is is a really is a really tricky dance and so I I the reason I ask you a lot about it is because when people seem to have it in line in some way I want everyone to say it out loud because I think it also doesn't get talked about that like this is all of us all the time no
1: it's also like this is like this month like this lusty or unlusty month of March March. right now is like a month where like literally everything is that I've ever wanted to happen is sort of happening all at once and it's, it's like extremely stressful but like because i'm like these are like your dreams are coming true like, right enjoy your dream right um so it's like this play is happening and then i'm like having this like musical that's having like a 29 hour reading and i'm just like this is very cool yeah but it's also the primaries and it's like super tuesday and i'm just like <laughs> oh jesus but it's, <laughs> it's truly such a gift and so i'm like how do I be stressed about it, but also like delighted? And I'm trying to maintain a good stress sure, and delight level sure. ratio. I'm not sure I'm always succeeding, but
0: well, you're not. Oh, oh but that's and that's the third trick of it is you're not always going to succeed, oh, man, and you no. can't be too hard on yourself <laughs> yeah. when you've come up short, because then you end up like Arthur and Lancelot and Guinevere. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back around. <laughs> but it is, and I think that's what the reason this show survives, and the reason it one of the reasons it would sell out like Washington Shakespeare Company. <laughs> In 2018 or 2017 whenever they ran it, is because not only for the nostalgia, which is certainly part of it it 's also an off, not often revived like so it would have been more unique, but there is something in it of like these these great legendary characters coming up short yeah like that 's basically what happens in this, and I really like the way it begins when it begins with again another scene, but with Merlin dying, and there's something nice about starting there with the magic. Is gone, yeah. And now we are in reality, and we're contending with like the founding of the Round Table. We're cont we fought all these battles, we won all these wars. Now, what the hell do we do? Yeah, which and is it, always
1: a great moment to start. Us oh, first.
0: absolutely I mean, it's Richard III. It yeah. is this like it's a great thing of like, well,
1: yeah, it's piping peace. The war is
0: over, and I'm pretty much a warrior, so I'm just going to cause little problems here. Like as that's Richard the Third. I do. Yeah. It's what I do. It's who I am, and it is also who Mordred is. But there is like a general sense of. This is reality now the The yeah. legends come down to us, and we go, oh they're they're not great. yeah the sometimes. story's over,
1: but it's this is also a story.
0: exactly right, and it just keeps pushing in that same direction, and it's worth telling. It's worth looking at these people falling short and going, "Yeah, there's lessons to be learned here, there's things to be taken." And it also, even though it ends sadly, it doesn't end hopelessly. It is going to go on. There is inspiration to be taken. There were good things, too.
1: Take the story with you. Right. Do what you can with it. go with
0: you where you are. And then you're off. And you're on your way. And, you know, whatever. And every now and again, it's a bop. Yeah. (laughs) That's Camelot. (laughs) (laughs) What is your favorite song?
1: Ooh. From Camelot? From Camelot. Guinevere. Really? Although, no, I love How to Handle a Woman oh uh, wow two yeah.
0: unusual choices I Yeah, like that no
1: they're deep cuts but i like them both
0: yeah i mean it, it's a funny show to revisit it reflects a time where you could do a show like this yeah. and it could run and it could be a mess and it could be all over the place if it was good enough this is a musical yeah. that feels like and it's actually funny yeah, like
1: jekyll and hyde it's like what happened to jekyll and hyde i loved i mean i also a- love jekyll and hyde but I so I, I auditioned for like the BMI writing workshop and I was like, Hey, like, so they're like, What's your favorite musical? I'm like, I love Jekyll and Hyde. And they like, their faces right, fell on. I'm like, Because it shows how easy it is to write a musical. I like pulled it out. Um, <laughs> and they were like, Oh, she's got jokes. And I'm right. like, Yes, that was a joke. <laughs> that was, I have no I'm emotional absolutely... attachment to this musical or this material. All right,
0: fantastic. Yeah. And so people can find you at,
1: uh, I'm on the Washington Post. If you go to, WashingtonPost.com Google my name. I think there's also like a long URL. Sure. Um, I also am on the Twitters at uh, I'm on Twitter. I am i don't say the Twitters. Yeah, right. Uh, at <laughs> P- Petri dishes, which is not how my last not, name, is name is pronounced. Not how yeah. my last recovered but yes Petri dishes. <laughs> Petri dishes. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to start saying it that way. <laughs> Where else am Everybody I? Everybody will think. get it. Yeah. Or AlexanderPetri.com is my <laughs> website. Thank
0: you so much. This was so much fun. This was really fun.
2: How to handle a woman There's a way, said the wise old man A way known by every woman Since the whole rigmarole began Do I flatter her? I begged him answer Do I threaten or cajole or plead? Do I brood or play the gay romancer? Said he smiling, no indeed How to handle a woman Mark me well, I will tell you, sir The way to handle a woman Is to love her Simply love her Merely love her Love her Love her her.
0: The Original Cast is produced and edited by me, Patrick Flynn. The Original Cast is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at OriginalCastPod. You can follow me, Patrick Flynn, on all platforms at UnknownPenguin. Enjoying yourself? Leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and tell the world. You can also find The Original Cast on Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, and wherever fine podcasts are available. My thanks to Alexandra Petrie for coming down and talking to me. I'm Patrick Flynn, and I can't. I have rehearsal.
2: How to handle a woman? Mark me well. I will tell you, sir, the way to handle a woman is to love her, simply love her, merely love her, love her.